You're listening to Raceroo Radio, where fitness and racing are combined. Each week, you'll hear us bring you a fitness tip to help you with your fitness journey, as well as covering the latest current event news, covering NASCAR, Formula One, and sprint cars. We always have lots to talk about, so buckle up and take another lap with us. Thanks for listening, and you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, you can find our multiple updates every week at Raceroo Racing, and you can find our fitness updates at Raceroo Fitness. Enjoy the podcast with Ryan and Jordan. Here we go. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Raceroo Radio, Raceroo Fitness again. I'm Ryan, and that's Jordan. And we're going to jump right into things today. A lot of stuff to get into. Playoffs are in full swing for Cup and Trucks. And uh, Xfinity just set their playoff uh, field yesterday. Um, no F1 action this week, but we did uh, see it, uh, Italy last week. So we'll get into that. But first of all, Jordan, how you doing this week? Um, Pretty good. It was uh, kind of a... Uh, slower week because my normal week is Monday through Thursday and this week I had to work Tuesday through Friday so that throws me off and my weekend's really short so I'm not too happy about that you had to do um, four eights no no I wish I could do four eights no (laughs) um um, no I'm I'm salary so my route doesn't change just the days change um so yeah so it was it was just a Instead of having Friday off, I had Monday off. So I had a four-day week to a two-day weekend. Um, just not the greatest. But I leave for Ocean City on Wednesday. So, yeah, nice. I have that to look forward to. Yeah, that sounds awesome. We were just talking last week about how our vacations aren't over. So, um, yep. And our children are still here. Zach's been behind me over here. <laughs> so we're going to get into our fit tip this week. So this is going to be a little bit of a personal one. Um so I am obviously I've been talking about it all year long training for the half Ironman. Uh, my volume for cardio has gone up significantly. Uh, that just this morning I did a three hour bike ride now because of the threats of rain and it was raining first thing this morning when I kicked off at five thirty in the morning, I did it inside the garage. And I'm going to tell you right now, you, if you think running on a treadmill is bad, Getting on a, oh hi. <laughs> getting onto a uh, stationary bike, actually a road bike that you put on a trainer, and riding for three hours is not fun at all. <laughs> it is just not fun. <laughs> now I did have the TV in front of me and I did watch a little bit of ridiculousness and then I watched Guardians of the Galaxy three, so I had that going for me, but. Um, so that's kind of what I've got going on. Lots of long swims. I had a thousand mile or thousand mile, thousand yard time trial on Friday for a swim, which was actually surprisingly fast for what I can usually do at that distance. But um, the big thing is that when the cardio goes up, your your weights. So if you're someone like me that trains CrossFit, or if you're just somebody who goes in the gym and lifts lifts weights, um, those things got to go down. You, you just, that's just the reality of it. You can't do too much. But what do you do in that situation? So for me, um, we talked about this a little bit on what's Ryan doing last week. Um, I've dropped down to two days a week on weights. And uh, what I'm trying to do is just do a little bit of push, a little bit of pull, a little bit of legs. Um, now, beyond that, I try to kind of alternate the, the things that I'm doing. So, um, but basically what I wanted to talk about is what you should prioritize. So we have talked about it before. If you're doing this, even this applies to if uh, you're somebody who's super busy, um, getting in two days a week, however you can, wherever you can. And we're focusing on five big lifts, the squat, which is paramount, the deadlift. Those are your legs. You can even add in a lunge if you really want to make a third thing. So squat, deadlift, and lunge are big, very, very functional movements, use a lot of muscle groups, um, and that's why they're so so critical. Um, Along with that, a bench press, uh, push-up can substitute for that pretty well, especially if you weight weight it, Um, and uh, a rope is going to do great things for you as well. 
you can switch the row out sometimes with a pull up um, or do that in addition. So a good way to do this thing, I think about it like this. So we talked, recap, squat, deadlift, lunge, um, row, bench press, and an uh, overhead press is the other one that you can kind of throw in there. That's pretty important. Um, so how do you throw these in? Let's, you got your two days a week. So let's start with day one is going to be a squat, a bench press, and a row. Pretty easy. So your squat, I think the squat, I kind of consider that the, the standard motion with your leg movements. It's straight up and down. The bench press, um, a push-up can substitute for this as well. It's your straight up and down movement for your push. The pull is a straight up and down movement for your pulling. So you got your back there, all your pull muscles, all your push muscles. So that's a good day one. And then day two, we're going to flip it over. We're going to do deadlifts. Um, you can switch one of those out with the lunge uh, if you want to, but we're going to stick with deadlift for this day. <clears throat> and then you're going to do a different angle for you can hear Zach over here, right? He's fighting me with yeah. the zip tie. <laughs> so then you're going to throw in uh, a different angle push and a different angle pull. So that push that I was talking about, that overhead press, we can push vertically for our overhead press. Um, then we can also do our pull up. That is our vertical pull motion. So those are the ways I would just throw those in there. Um, those are your two, you know, three lifts over each of the days, two days. Uh, if you want to throw one more in there each, you can kind of, you know, shoehorn in that lunge, a Bulgarian split squat. Um, you can throw a machine in there if you really want on one of each of the days. Uh, a good, another good one to put in is uh, since we're going overhead with the push and the pulls, um, if you want to throw in on each of the days, the having your arms under you. So basically a dip or um, an upright row kind of move. Um, there's all kinds of variations you can do to each one of those moves, but that's kind of the, the basic thing to look for. Um, everyone's a little different, so, but I kind of say start with three sets of 10. Um, you can change that up to, you know, three sets of six. The next month you can go 20, you can add a set, you can add, drop a set. There's a whole lot you can do with it, but that's kind of the starting point that we're looking for there. I know it's very distracting with Zach over here fighting me. I just hear Zach in the background. He sounds like Billy from Power Rangers. The that is exactly, that is his favorite Power Ranger. That's all he watches. Right. Well, the majority of what he, he watches right now is Power Rangers. He loves Power Rangers. And his favorite thing to do is I bought him a little foam sword and he'll carry it around and he has a little foam bat and he wants to sword fight with you. And so right now he handed me a zip tie and he has one. And so we're, we're just sword fighting with the uh, zip ties. <laughs> it's just great hearing him in the background. <laughs> so you got anything, any questions on that, Jordan? I know that was a, a little distracting with that, but the, the basic thing is stick with those lifts. You can add an accessory on each one of the days push, pull legs, and just basically just doing enough. Now, when you're doing a lot, a lot, a lot of cardio like this, you're not necessarily trying to build. You might be lifting in a way that promotes muscle building or strength building. But the idea is if you're doing a ton of cardio, odds are you're going to be burning more calories than you're intaking. And so you're probably going to have some kind of muscle wasting. So your goal is to just basically limit that as best as you can. Um, and just right. accept the fact that you're going to lose some. Right. No, I mean, I don't really have uh, any questions on it because it's pretty explanatory there. Um, there's no need to kind of like dumb it down. Um, just uh, how long are you away from the uh, Ironman? It's a month and a half. It's so the weekend. So the, the weekend or the what Halloween is the weekend before that it's the weekend before that so two weekends before Halloween. Okay, so we'll be camping and the weekend, weekend before I be the weekend before I plan on going to Ocean City and running a marathon because I'm absolutely freaking crazy. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've never done a <laughs> yeah. marathon before, so 
you know, that's, but that's how that is. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's basic things. And you can apply that when you don't have a lot of time to work out. You can do these from your house. Literally what I've done before is just taken a weighted backpack and perform these moves. And for a lot of people, especially beginners, this works very, very well just using household objects or you can use your children. I have rode yeah. my child. I have pushed my child overhead, used him as chest presses, um, let him get on my back and do push-ups with him. So uh, just you know, zip, it's, zip it's very easy to say you don't have time, but you can throw these in here and you can do these in under 20 minutes a day. Easily. Yeah. So Jordan, I'm going <laughs> to see he's got a sword here. I'm going to turn it over to Jordan now for Dirty Talk with Jordan. And now it's time for Dirty Talk with Jordan, the part of the show where Jordan comes out and talks a little dirty. So without further ado, Dirty Talk with Jordan. All right, guys. So here we are. We had a little bit of racing this weekend. Um, I say a little bit because the rainy seasons uh, apparently have decided to let loose here. Um, but we had uh, the Outlaws were running full schedule and... Um, yeah, so we'll update from last weekend in the Dirt Classic, which ran Sunday. Um, Brett Marks picked up the win at the Dirt Classic. You could throw a blanket over the top five at some points. Um, but Brett Marks, he learned from his outlaw mistakes when Anthony Macri packed, passed him off a turn four on the high side twice. So Marks finally goes in with the lead. Danny Dietrich's underneath him. Marks runs the top. Dietrich runs the bottom. Dietrich slides him, bounces off the wall. Marks crosses him up and takes the victory by about a half a car. So he managed to pull that one out. So I think he learned from uh, running the bottom and losing to Macri. But he gets his, uh, I think it's back-to-back dirt classic wins at Lincoln Speedway. Um, Port Royal ran their annual Labor Day Classic on Labor Day. Track was terrible because they run it during the day. But it's a, a yearly thing. For them, it's a uh, obviously a classic. Um, well, Dylan Sisney, the mayor of Port Royal, literally the mayor of Port Royal, he uh, picked up the win. He was super fast, passed Anthony Macri to get the win. Um, just cool to see him pick up a win. Then the World of Outlaws on Labor Day were at Grays Harbor in Washington, and Logan Schuhart picked up another win for Shark Racing. Um, he's still fast, but... Uh, he's been kind of on the back burner for a couple weeks after winning the million dollars. <clears throat> I want to ask you a question about shark racing. So did they switch drivers just a few weeks ago? Cause I noticed that they had, they, they announced somebody new. Was that a, yes. a third car or was it, did they replace their second driver? No. So, um, so Jacob Allen has decided to step away from the one a of shark racing um, to give you kind of a family twist. Bobby Allen is the owner of shark racing. Logan Schuhart is his nephew, and Jacob Allen, obviously, is his son. Um, Jacob Allen has decided to step away from racing for the rest of the season. Um, there's been some talks that he wants to run a, quote-unquote, true outlaw schedule. The way the true outlaw schedule works is um, you pick and choose the races you want to win. It's usually high money shows, and you go wherever you want to, but you can take breaks as you want to. You don't run a a full circuit. You're not running for points anywhere. You're just picking and choosing where you want to go. Um, he wants to do that. Um, but his team is an outlaw team and they're staying on the road. So he's decided to step away the rest of the season. So with that, they decided to put, um, well, at first it was Chase Dietz was running the one A at the Knoxville nationals. Um, but they decided since Jacob Allen was stepping away that they were going to, fill the seat for the rest of the season and they put Tanner Holmes in the one T which used to be the one a, but they changed the number. Now that they changed the number um, to the one T they're not running for points. They're just running for, I'm assuming for their sponsors. Um, But Tanner Holmes will be in the one a for the rest of the season. So yes, they did make a driver change. Um, Jacob Allen um, haven't heard anything from him, but his uh, saying was he was just burnt out. Um, from mm-hmm. running the outlaw schedule. So, uh, like I said, he decided to step away from family. We've seen it happen a couple times, but then he would go back. But it looks like he's out for the rest of the season. So, um, yeah, to answer your 
your question. Yes, um, Shark Racing is running now a 1S and a 1T. So, gotcha. Yeah. So with that, we'll update the World of Outlaws. So they were over at Silver Dollar, one of my favorite tracks, because it's a short track and it's pretty fast. Um, so Thursday, um, yours truly, Kyle Larson, shows up and Kyle Larson just wipes the field away because that's what Kyle Larson does. Um, so he picked up the win of night one. Night two, I'm sure you've heard of this kid before, but Buddy Kofoid, he picks up the win of night two. Um, he had to uh, he had to fight for it. He lost the lead late with about two to go, and he made a last lap pass in turn one to manage to take the victory. And it was pretty cool to see Kofoid win because he's been on kind of like a winless streak since he's been jumping cars around. Um, but it's good to see him finally back in victory lane. And then the big news of the weekend happened last night. The uh, Gold Cup at Silver Dollar. It's the big. It's a big show, big money show. And Corey Day picks up his first career World of Outlaw win for the Gold Cup win. Um, big, big show. That's kind of where he cut his teeth, cut his roots to make a name for himself. So for him to pick up a Gold Cup win, and his first outlaw win is pretty awesome. It was pretty surreal. Um, he was full of emotion last night in victory lane. It was just cool to see him finally cross that hurdle of getting his first outlaw win. I'm sure there will be some in the very near future. Corey Day is very young. Uh, I think he's only like 17 or 18. So um, bright, bright future for him coming very soon. He runs a 14. Kind of looks like Tony Stewart's old one, but has nothing to do with Tony Stewart. It's family owned. Um, we were supposed to have the Tuscarora 50 up here this week. I say supposed to, because as I said earlier, the rainy seasons have decided to show up. So Thursday nights was a rain out Friday. It was rain holding pattern, but they managed to get it in. And Tyler Courtney goes back to victory lane. And like I said, the interesting thing we're going to keep tabs on this is that the owner's points and the driver's points, which we talk about in NASCAR, which are kind of irrelevant, sort of. Um, here, we're having that in the All-Stars. The 7BC is in the owner's points lead right now, and the uh, 26 car is leading the points of Zeb Wise. He's leading the driver points. So it's very interesting to have these two guys back and forth with owner and driver points to see the update on that. So right now, Tyler Courtney and the 7BC, they are leading the owner's championship and Zeb Weiss is leading the driver's championship. So I told you I'd keep you updated on that. Not a whole lot of races to go. Um, the Tusky 50 got rained out last night. They got time trials in. They even bumped the show up about two hours start time and they still didn't get a chance to get it in. They got time trials done and that was it. Um, so they postponed it to today, but they got absolutely hammered with rain last night. So they have decided to postpone the Tusky 50. They're currently searching for a date to do that. So um, we'll keep you updated with that. But as of right now, the Tusky 50 is uh, off. So there's no racing going on right now. Um, we got some racing coming up, but it's pretty much almost the end of the season. Um, the other thing I have to say is congratulations to the daredevil, Devin Borden. Um He's came over. He came over from Washington a couple years ago. He fit right in here in PA, and he has his first track championship. He wins the Port Royal Track Championship this year. So, him and the Shuttlesworth 23 team bring home their first championship uh, as a owner and driver. So it's cool to see that. Um, Shuttlesworth was with Anthony Macri a couple years ago. Decided to start his own team, and he put Devin Borden in it, and he's rewarded with a championship. So. Good to see that, um, but that's all I got for Derby Talk, so let's go uh, talk about some NASCAR. Well, before we do that, I just want to say again, um, I know we talked about it before, but on the World of Outlaws game, dude, I still can't figure it out. I just can't. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand. I understand how to drive the, the well, like, theoretically how to drive the sprint cars. I don't understand how to drive that that game. It's It's insane. I just did so. Watkins, uh, Williams Grove is my worst because I can't figure out how to drive that place. But Port Royal was next, 
And I, I still just don't understand it. Like the way that the it's the mechanics of the game is what really trips me out because every single time I come off the corner, it points to the inside wall. Like it's, it's still rotating. It over rotates completely the whole way through the corner. Even if I have it set completely tight, it'll just over rotate, over rotate, over rotate. And so when you come off the corner, you're turning dead left, even if you're turning to the right. And then it's still Please. going to the left, still going to the left, still going to the left. And either it, it's the inside wall because it doesn't ever turn right or it just rotates on the rear tires or like the front points and just goes straight to the wall. I've improved the car. And now instead of just like going into a four wheel drift half the time, it will like slide, 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 but it'll over rotate, over rotate, over rotate, bite, just boom, right to the wall. I, I just, I cannot, I can't come off the corner correctly. I can't get it to actually like turn into the corner. It just rear end slides. And then there was a couple of tracks. Yep. There was one track. It's like a three quarter mile track. It's a big track. So you don't, you really shouldn't slide it too much. And mm -hmm. so I can't run the outer line because it's like, if I try to run the outer line, it'll just be up here. And all of a sudden it'll just <laughs> right to the inside. Like it just, it, it just turns by itself. I don't, I think I entered the corner and I never hit the left direction. It just turned right or it just turned left the whole time. So it's turning right, turning right, turning right. And then you just have that occasional time where it's just like all of a sudden like, oh, here we go. Um, I, I don't understand how, it. The mechanics of it are very weird. How often do you use the brake in that? Not a ton. It depends. Okay, it depends. So, it depends. So there's, because there's, like at, at the Grove. There's at part the Grove, of your problem. <laughs> well, at the Grove. No. So here's, here's the thing. If I hit the brake, it rotates more. It doesn't turn. It just like... Yeah, at the group, that was the problem I was fighting. I, I, I was slow. I hit the brake to slow down, and it's like when I did that, it just it was like, okay, hit the brake. Oh, okay, now we're facing the other direction. It your, just turns your so wheels, much. Your wheel spins too high. You have to slow your wheel spin down. That's why you keep over rotating. You have to slow your wheel spin down. So, so like not be in the gas the whole time. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> or can I, you do you, when you use the brake? Do you use gas brake at the same time? Um, I will trail break occasionally. It just depends. Because even, I'm not sure if it's designed this way, if it's designed to be dynamic, but throughout the course of a night or a weekend or or even just a race, it'll like, it'll change the, the line I need to run or like where I want, where the car wants to be. But it's like every single time. I know dirt ha kind of has this by nature, but it seems just be like, it's just out of control. I'm out of control with the car. It's just every time I get into the corner, it does something different. If I enter on the bottom, one time it'll rotate perfectly. It'll just wrap the bottom. Then one time it'll just not turn. It'll rotate and just right rear tire just shoots to the outside wall. And sometimes I'll hit the berm and it'll send me the right direction. Then sometimes I'll enter in, try to enter in low, but it won't actually enter. It'll go high. The, the right rear hit the cushion and just snap it down so i diamond it which actually gives me good runs off the corner i just and and i can't put a consistent lap together where it's like okay i'm running the i'm gonna try to wrap the fence this time now i'm gonna try to hit the bottom now i'm gonna try to dump it's because every time it does something a little bit different or ex yeah. extremely different it's very 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 tough to understand really the the only thing i can really do to make it consistent and actually be the fastest i can make it especially late in the race is just hammer down on the throttle pitch it in there as hard as I can to slow the car down by being sideways and then just bite and make the corner as long, like diamond off and make it as long as possible. The, the straight away. So <laughs> without, hitting the, without even, hitting the wall, but even that, like what I don't understand. And I think it's, I think it's supposed to be because of the stagger, like driving Bristol is ridiculous. And I had this at port too, because and uh, Grove, because you're going down the straightaway. And you'll be like pointed directly. You'll have it come off the straightaway perfectly straight. And then all of a sudden it's like, nah, turning left. Oh no, it's turning right. Now it won't just like go and you can't, It's maybe it'd be better with the steering wheel in this regard. I think the steering wheel is supposed to be harder, but like with the, the D pad, like the input you need to put in, it, it won't straighten itself out just because you can't turn, just counter turn a little bit. So when it turns a little, you just try to counter turn it. It all of a sudden just goes like this. And just hooks it right into the wall. It's ridiculously hard to control. I I don't quite understand it. Uh, I'm just laughing because I was sitting here playing that. This
morning and I'm, I'm smoking everybody. I'm like my career mode. I, I just jumped up to uh 360s on the national yep. circuit and I had yep. the full car built and I've won the first five races. Um, Lincoln, the Grove, um, I forget what all are on there, but uh, the first five races, but uh, the last one I did was Kokomo. And the that Grove is my worst. By that, far. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very good on the shorter tracks. The longer ones I have kind of like the issue you do, but like the Grove, I've found out I can wrap the guardrail around the bottom or I can run the top and be perfectly fine. And like I used to set my car tighter so that way it was easier to run the top. Now I set my car pretty loose and I can still run the top very well, but I can also hook the guardrail on the inside because I yeah, found yeah. out there's times where if you try and run the guardrail on the inside and you're tight, your car will hook up and just drive straight up in the corner. And mm -hmm. you're like, why does it keep doing that? So that means you're too tight. If you loosen it up, your wheel spin actually keeps you enough that you won't do that, but you're sliding a lot around the bottom. Okay. So you just have to, you so just that issue find... I'm having, I need to loosen it up more so I can actually rotate the car, like allow it. Yes. To that makes a lot of sense because I was yeah. having that issue at port where it was like I'm halfway through the corner and it's just, I couldn't get it up the track. It would just yeah. turn, turn. It would just be down. And so I was trying to turn it back and then all of a sudden it just right to the wall. Shoots. Yeah. So, that's yeah. Yeah. The, the tighter you are when you do that, it just shoots out to the wall. So gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, makes sense because I, I just, I upgraded the car to level everything's level four but the engine and it's all like maxed out so yeah. as soon as i did that it like completely changed the dynamic of how the car turns so yeah. i have a really good have... handling car but i have no motor that's why that big track i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't keep up but i'm finishing yeah. consistently i'm kind of consistently finishing in the top five top five to ten um yeah. so i'm actually leading the points there but uh yeah just finished second at straight creek or whatever it was so but yeah. anyway, I just I, I thought I'd bring that up while we were on dirty talk. So yeah, I got a I got my 305s fully upgraded, my midget is fully upgraded, and now my 360s <laughs> fully upgraded. So yeah, I'm I, not I do big things. I'm not sure if I want to continue upgrading the 360 or just go like start saving money and because I should be doing I should be I've a lot unlocked enough to go to the national scene. Yeah, so I should you be able more, to. You I, get more I can money just probably. Well, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'd jump up and just grab a World of Outlaw car and just start running that. Yeah, sure but you I need to, I need to download the, uh, I need to download, at least get Lincoln. I yeah, was excited did, for that. They did a very good job with Lincoln, I thought. Cool. Because um, I saw it on, uh, I was running that like the whole first first day that they came out with it. And it, I think they did a really good job with Lincoln. Okay, so we're going to transfer over, and Zach's uh, wearing his he's wearing his sister's karate mask. And well, I don't know what's come here. So we're going to turn over to NASCAR now. Um, actually, let's just hit F1 real quick and get that knocked out of the way. Another Max Verstappen. Did we do it Italy last week? I think, yes, I think we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Okay, yeah. nothing much to talk about there other than Carlos Sainz uh, getting mugged in uh, Milan after the race and tracking the guy down and getting his watch back, which was a uh, pretty pretty interesting story here yeah i'd uh, say science had himself that. a day so but anyway um so yeah we don't have much to talk about f1 this week um we're gonna get into nascar so the xfinity series yesterday locked their schedule up or locked their uh playoffs up uh cole custer had a flat tire and riley herps had about every problem you possibly could i mean go figure that he has a very very fast car and the guy he's competing against to qualify into the playoffs um, misses a shift and Riley runs over the back of him and basically ruins his day for the rest of the day on out, killed the fender and created a tire rub. And uh, Man, I mean, just that's been Riley's summer. It's just been just bad luck all the way around. But uh, that uh, the Xfinity race is kind of it's it's starting to turn into the John Hunter Nemetech show over there. That uh, 20 car, we've talked about Gibbs always having a car that's super OP. Last time, last year, it was the 54 car. And it kind of looks like they've figured out the uh, 20 car to, uh, to get them back in the title hunt. I, I feel like they have to be the favorite. Not just because they've won the most races, but because they look the strongest. Austin Hill looks like he's lost a little bit of a step. 
since the beginning of the year. And I feel like the rest of the guys that are up there, Justin Allgaier, Cole Custer, they just don't have the same kind of juice and same kind of things going their way that John Hunter Nemechek does. So did you get to watch that race yesterday? I did not. I was pretty much out and about all day yesterday, so I did not get a chance to watch it. It was a pretty it was a pretty entertaining race as far as the playoffs were going for a while, and then it kind of just looked like uh it kind of looked like Parker had it very locked up. I think it's very clear that RCR gave them a lot of help because they were very fast yesterday uh, to be running basically top five all day long. I did not expect that from that team. Um, I thought Riley, he is, I think Riley, Kansas is a Riley kind of track. I thought he'd be much better. Um, and they did have, they had great speed. Um, just, man, just can't, can't find a way around the bad luck. So um, that's unfortunate, but uh, we also had the truck series race. Um, they had their elimination race in Kansas as well. I'm very upset that Kansas gets such a wide amount of content, I guess. They had two, basically two cutoff races, and then they have two cup races every year. And it's one of my least favorite tracks, although it's been very entertaining lately. But uh, truck race, um, Matt Benedetto did everything he possibly could to advance to the next round. Had a very, very good run in a car that or a truck that I would deem as was out overperforming its equipment this year. Um, but unfortunately, just not enough. And Matt Crafton hit every kind of bad luck to be eliminated. So um, they go to Bristol now for round two for them. And uh, the end of round one for the cup guys. They're what? The end of round one then for the cup guys. Yeah. Come here. Come here. Little Zachy is having a bad day because he's not been feeling good. So, but anyway, that was karate. He was. Here. What do you want? You want this on? He's in his karate mode. Yeah. So that was uh, the truck series race. Um, that was a very entertaining race, I thought. It was a very good good race uh, all around. I think that Kansas does look pretty good under the lights. Unfortunately, um, it, it's at its best racing-wise when it has less grip. Um, it's losing grip. It's been a little bit since it's been repaved. So that's why it's really, really tough to drive around. Um, a lot of guys got to rip the fence. So that does make it a little more entertaining. Uh, but yeah, I thought the truck race was pretty good. The Xfinity race was, did seem like it drug on just a little bit. Um, but now everybody's going to go on to Bristol next week. So let's talk about the cup race. We were in Darlington last week. Uh, Darlington, I know it's 500 miles. I know it's a really, really long night. I just never felt like that race I felt like it was long. You know, 500 miles there is is as long or almost longer than 600 miles at Charlotte. But I was never, like, bored with the race. I was thought it was always very engaging. There was a lot going on, a lot of racing. Um, obviously, it's hard to pass because it's not very wide. So there was always somebody battling, somebody um, trying to put some kind of run together. So what was your opinion of the race last week? Um, so, again, I was you know, out and living, doing some things. So <laughs> I wasn't able to watch most of the race. Um, I got to check in on some of it, um, like the power outage and Kevin Harvick's terrible, terrible luck. Oh, my um, God. And, Talk about um, bad luck for Seward Haas racing. And and my pick, you know, leading most of the race and then, um, you know, having the worst luck imaginable as well, yep. um, which I'm okay with. Um, I, I don't mind if he drops out of the playoff, but – um, I just thought, hey, Ryan's had this terrible luck all season. Now I feel like the terrible luck's going to hit me in the playoffs. So um, I was hoping that's not the case with my picks, but uh, we'll have to end up seeing. But other than that, Darlington's Darlington. I think it always puts on some sort of decent race as it is. Um, you know, I think it was unique with the red flag situation with the lights. A lot of the drivers said they could still see. Um, some of them said they couldn't, some of them said they could. So I, I don't know, like, 
that that was, I guess, the, the the bigger controversy thing. I think is Tyler Reddick. I I like. Well, I know we're going to talk about this and hit this running, yeah. but like, I, I don't know if you want to talk about it now. But to me, the whole thing that happened to Kevin Harvick was one hundred percent Tyler Reddick's fault. And yes, I I a hundred percent feel that especially because SMT data can show this that he hit the brakes and downshifted in the middle of the racing groove and slowed down that much. I feel like he should have had a penalty more than Kevin Harvick should have. Um, and, and I know it's yeah. hard to say that, but. It's, really? I, I agree with where you're coming from. I don't necessarily agree on precedence. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that are like, man, that, that is enough to say it should be a penalty because it's, it is, it almost kind of was like race manipulation in a way. Exactly. Um, now, is it is it their precedence for it? No, that's why I don't agree with it. Uh, but so first of all, I want to I want to tune on the the lights because you you brought that up. Um, we've had this happen a couple over the course of a couple of years, but I don't think we've had it in a situation where it was like, well, we could keep running because it's they've been off for a while. Not all the drivers have really said anything. The the only problem with Darlington, Darlington is just it's weirdly lighted in my opinion. In yeah. a sense, it, there's there's still like when you see a night race at Daytona, it's very well lit. You see everything mm. uh, yeah. at Bristol, at Martinsville, but for some reason Martinsville too a little bit, but Darlington just seems dark. It just we, it seems darker, and I think maybe it's just because of the angle of the lights and everything. And especially because these guys run the fence, the way that the shadows are cast, it's to me, that's why I'd say it would be a little bit of a safety issue. But everyone, I mean, they ran for, I don't know, 30 laps or something crazy like that with them not being on. So, yeah. I, but so, I, I do know if something, if, if you have one thing happen, one person get in a wreck and get hurt, regardless of the light situation, it's going to be questioned. So I agree with yeah. them stopping it and, and trying to get it fixed. The the way I compare it, the lighting to was like it was a dirt track Saturday night lighting, where it's light enough to see, but it's not great lighting. Like it's not super super bright. You know what I mean? That's kind of what yeah. I compare that. that yeah, it was to. it was enough to see, but it was still it just seemed dark. Yeah. So, what did you put in mom's phone? He's he dropped his sword. He's looking for his sword. <sighs> So, like, I do want to talk about the the Reddick thing. Now, I, I don't think that this was an intentional thing. I think it was just one of those deals where he noticed Kevin was pitting and he made a split-second decision to dive down. Um, I don't think he could have planned to cause an, an issue. with. I, I mean, I doubt he was even thinking about Ryan Newman being back there. But my thing on it is we, we see this happen every now and then, and the guys are coming down pit road when a caution is coming out, and it's you have – a split second to say, oh, was was I on pit road or was I not? So basically, if if you look at the video, it's very, very clear Kevin was not on pit road. But you have to look at it in this way. Kevin's looking down at his dash to get his speed. His spotter's looking at him coming in. Hey, buddy, this is as high as it goes up right there. His spotter's looking at him coming down pit road or maybe even eye in pit road to see any obstacles that he's going to have there. Um, and the crew chief, especially at Darlington with its curved front straightaway pit road, he can't see anything. So while it's very obvious on the replay, they had a couple seconds to really decide were we on or were we not? Now, I, I think that the rule needs to be changed. I don't think that you should be able to do like they do in F1 and a caution come out and be able to dive down on pit road immediately. But I do think that they should have a rule in there that if a caution comes out and, you know, if you're in like Kevin Harvick's situation, you're close. At the very least, like if you don't know that Kevin's in, in a do, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If he stays going down pit road, he's going to lose a bunch of spots, even though the rule is to, you know, he, he can't come back up on pit road or off of pit road because he'll hit the commitment cone. Um, so he can't do that because it'll get a penalty. He can't go straight down pit road. He can't speed because it'll get a penalty. 
He's just going to eat losing a bunch of spots because of the timing of it. I think what NASCAR should do, and I think it goes back to our when the field is frozen, the field is frozen thing. When the field is frozen, it's frozen. Kevin, it doesn't matter that Kevin was or was not on pit road. He was not on pit road at the time. So if the field's frozen, he's frozen in, in spot. I think that yeah. he should have just he should have been able to restart second because he was not on pit road. He could not come back on the racetrack. And it's just what you're saying by the ruling now is because of the positioning he's in that he was unable to jump back up and it has to be penalized because of when the caution came out. But William Byron and Kyle Larson, who were behind Kevin coming to pit road because of the, the their timing where they were on the track, they were not going to be penalized. They were able to come back up onto the racetrack without any issue. I think that they just need to call it the cautions out. And it doesn't matter if you like if you are in the act of pitting, you either can blow the com- the commitment cone and get back on the racetrack, or you can just roll pit road without stopping, and you just maintain the position you were when the caution came out. I think that that's just a very very easy way to fix it. Now Kevin did end up pitting, so that this rule wouldn't apply have applied. But I think if the rule was there, they wouldn't have pit any. Well. Well, he ended up pitting because he wasn't he wasn't sure if he was on pit road or not. None of the nobody knew he was on pit road or not. Now I heard the spotter came over and said, "Hey, keep rolling, keep rolling." Um, and you know, Rodney Childress pulled him in and said, "Hey, you know, we're going to change the tires and stuff here because he makes a call that if he, you know, gets all four tires and fuel when he was on pit road, he comes out, he cycles out as the leader, and everything yeah. works out." Um, but yeah, he was at the point of no return. Even if he shoots to the right, he yeah. gets a penalty. If he goes down pit road, he's getting a penalty one way or another. Um, so the the timing was all bad. I, I listened to what Corey LeJoy said, and he was like, you know, as a driver, you're looking down at your lights. The crew chief yeah. can't see the light. I listened to door bumper clear. The spotters say where they stand, the light blends in with the rest of the lights down there. So it's hard to even tell that the light's red. So if this is the case, that means, you know, somehow, some way they have to be able to know. So I kind of like what Corey LaJoy was saying. There should be a caution light on their dash that signifies it lights up on everybody's thing. Now the problem is going to be with that. If you have one go haywire where it signifies that you're under caution and you're not, um, that'll be an issue, but you have other things to go with it. Like, you know, your spotter will be like, Hey, the caution's out or, you know, something like that. So, I do think that maybe they should put a caution light on the dash that yeah. will light up and the driver will be like, oh, caution's out. But even still, we have to figure out a way that if you're at the point of no return where you can't – I mean, there's no way he could have turned his car any sort of yeah. way to avoid hitting the commitment cone. Um, there has to be a way to be able to signify to him, hey, you you didn't make it on the pit road. You got to roll through or something. Yeah. So even though – even if he rolls through and he loses a couple spots – he probably wouldn't have fell outside the top 10, but he definitely wouldn't have been back in 20-something spots. So um, it would have been better for him to roll through. But at the time, they yeah. didn't know if they were on or not. So well, I, they, they, I think they had too, to make that decision. I think, too, they, they had a very, very easy out because I know they would have gotten a penalty coming across the commitment. Which, again, I think if if a caution comes out and you know you're not on pit road, I just don't understand why they wouldn't just say, hey, you, you can blow it. Like When you're yeah. avoiding a wreck, you can go down on pit road. Dive it doesn't matter. You can dive yeah. down. You can speed because you're avoiding a wreck. So it's not like we don't have these anomalies. And yeah. really, in, in the case of this particular incident, Kevin would have been kind of in the driver's seat there to say th- they could have probably fought that and said, hey, look, we stayed down on pit road to avoid the incident. Like we, we could have come back up. But you saw how co- close Kyle Larson got to the wreck. We didn't know where Ryan Newman was going to go. So they had a very easy out to say, hey, we just maintained pit road because we didn't want to get caught up in the wreck and we stayed slowed down like you want us to for this caution. So, I mean, I I like the idea of having a a little caution light um, on their dash. I still think in that moment, if that happens, if Kevin sees the caution light, he's going to look up and not be 100% sure if he was past the commitment cone. So that's why I just like the rule. The caution comes out, field is frozen, if you're on pit road and you feel that you were safely on pit road, go ahead and take your tires. You were on pit road. Um, you, you know, but if you were in the act and you were too late to jump back out, you can roll pit road and maintain your position. 
I think that that's just a very, very, very fair way to, to go about it because the only person who got screwed in this situation either way would have been kept, you know, and especially yeah. it, when, when it was as good of a move as they did, that's what kind of sucks. And um, getting into Kevin just a little bit, can we just give Stuart Haas racing a break? I mean, <laughs> my God, this year, this, I, so I, I was working on our baseboards um, watching this race. And, you know, I was like, I was pretty happy. Kevin was running top five for the most part all night. I was pretty excited about that. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a good jump to us. We can, uh, uh, with the cushion we have, we can feel pretty good about going into the second round, get through Kansas. And then Bristol uh, is another good track for Kevin. So, you know, Kansas, we can give up a little bit if we need to. And then all of a sudden with 60 laps to go, Kevin's passing Tyler Reddick. And I started, uh, I started counting my winnings a little bit. Because I was like, this is going to be the day. This is going to be the day. And then it wasn't even five minutes later. So this has just been, and this is this is why I don't really, I hate to say it, but I don't expect Kevin to move out of round one anymore because this has just been the Stuart Haas luck all year long. When something's going right, it seems like something's going right. Trouble's just around the corner. And you don't win championships when you have years like that. When When you have years where everything falls your way, that's championship caliber years. This has not been that kind of year. This has been the kind of year that's been the opposite of that. Everything that could possibly happen wrong seems to happen wrong for us at the wrong time. When we don't need it to happen, it happens. So that's, I mean, and we had that with, uh, with all of the drivers really this year um, or last week. Uh, Ryan obviously was, I think he was just kind of doing what he could. He's probably still pretty banged up. So I think Ryan just needs a few races to kind of get back in the groove of things. But Chase was fast. He was in the top 10 for a while. Eric was around the top 10. I think he was even back half of the top 10 for a while. And uh, Eric got caught up in one of the wrecks. Chase had a loose wheel. Just like it's when it rains, it pours kind of thing. So um, didn't look like doesn't look like we have particularly fast Ford Mustangs this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, none of the Fords seem pretty good. Uh, Weirdly enough, the fastest Ford qualifying Ford is Michael McDowell. So we'll just have to see how that goes. But we'll get to Kansas in just a little bit. Um, and you got anything to, else to say on Darlington? I do got some more stuff, but I, I didn't want to overstep. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So Darlington, um, as far as it goes, I think we've talked about a lot about here um, how a lot of racetracks should probably only get one race. I've gone on record on this podcast several times saying, I don't think Darlington is going to keep having two races long-term. I think this was a COVID solution and it won't keep happening. Um, now Atlanta and Darlington have both been very fan favorite tracks. I would seem like over the last couple of years. Uh, the problem with Darlington is it's in the middle of nowhere, but Jordan, do you feel like Darlington deserves two races based on what we have seen over the last year, two years, three years? Out of the tracks that I think deserve two, I think Darlington's one of them, yes. I agree with I, you I think, as far as the racing goes. And honestly, yeah. the attendance has, was, has been great since yeah. uh, COVID. Um, that was one of the big issues, I believe, was was the attendance. But uh, attendance at Darlington has been really, really good, in my opinion, uh, especially in that little hole-in-the-wall uh, town. I mean, it's it's really just, there's not really anything around it. Um, I think it's like an hour and a half away from Myrtle Beach. And trust me, I mean, Jordan knows. For once you get about 20 minutes outside of Myrtle Beach, it doesn't matter which direction you go. There's nothing for like two hours. Nothing. So, nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's been very racy. Every single time we go there, it seems like something entertaining happens. I mean, you saw what happened in the spring with Ross and Kyle. Um, so yeah, I think it deserves two races. I just hope the attendance keeps up so we can keep going there. And as far as it goes, it's only two miles down the road or two two hours down the road from a lot of the race teams. It's a perfect track to go to for as far as travel logistics, because you don't have to fly. You can just, you know, the capital to get there is not as high as other places. So I think it's a very friendly track fan wise and for the team. So I hope it keeps going this way because it's it's a perfect two race track, in my opinion, right now. So honestly, better than Charlotte in a lot of ways. If you just do the 
the oval at Charlotte. So, but uh, yeah, anyway, so that uh, that's really all I got to say about Darlington. Other than Kyle Larson finally getting it done there, man. Uh, I mean, he's been close several times, and it's it seems like the kind of track that Kyle would just dominate on. Um, but between that and Homestead, man, it took him a while to get those done. Well, and Dover, too. Dover was one of the tracks he was the yep. fastest on, and he always seemed to have something break or go wrong in the last couple laps. Yep. So um, we'll get to uh, to Kansas now. So Kansas Motor Speedway, I've said many, many a time, it's one of my least favorite tracks, but it really has evolved into something different than a, t- a typical mile-and-a-half track. Now, I still, I think, in my opinion, uh, I think of Kansas, I think of, you know, guys running the bottom and getting aerotight and arrow loose, and it's just not a very entertaining race. Um, but these, it's really turned into more of like a homestead or Darlington. Guys have to rip the top. Um, and you see... I think you see the drivers come out at this place a lot more just because of how loose these guys get off of turn four. Uh, You really have to wheel it. And it tends to be that guys who win this race are drivers. It's not, you know, you don't have run of the mill guys winning this race or being good here. It's guys who can get up on the wheel and muscle the cars around. Those are the guys that are going to win this race. Um, Now, I think one of my favorite things about Kansas has been the area which has grown up significantly over the years. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going around, going on around that place. Um, but inside, I still used to feel like uh, I was just at Chicagoland. Kind of sometimes, as you're walking through, you kind of forget which one you're at just because they look so similar. So I guess maybe that's the one advantage since I stopped going to the racetrack is uh, we don't go to Chicagoland anymore. So you would do, you would know the train chances. Um, yeah, but uh, I think that this is going to be. If it's anything like it's been the last two races at Kansas, it's going to be a very entertaining race. Um, and you're going to see a little bit of chaos. You're going to see some drivers that are in the chase have issues and fall out. We saw it with Kevin Harvick on like lap six last year, um, had to lift behind Bubba Wallace. And, uh, you know, just that, that got him loose and hooked him into the wall. So uh, and we've seen that kind of all two, well, three races this year weekend with the arca race included um so i'm i'm guessing we're going to see it in the cup race as well you're going to see somebody come off turn four and either get loose and spin in the infield uh, maybe take someone with them or get loose try to save it and hook themselves out into the wall so uh be on the lookout for that um so jordan you got any comments on kansas before we proceed no, I think it's I think it uh since this new car it's been putting on a pretty good race. So I think it'll be uh interesting to see who can prevail running the the top line um better than anybody to be able to to pull away. But it's been I mean it was close with Denny Hamlin and Larson earlier in the year yep. and I put on a pretty good race last year and I mean especially earlier this year you had Gregson and uh Ross going at it. So um yeah i think off of turn four will be very interesting so excited to see it all right so in regards to our picks from last week uh jordan mentioned earlier his pick was denny hamlin for darlington and uh he won two stages and then they had some kind of an issue i never really i don't think that yeah but they said it wasn't a loose wheel yeah no it was it was a loose wheel and then they said it wasn't a loose wheel so but well they confirmed it joe oh they did confirm it Yep, they confirmed it on Hamlet's podcast. Uh, Joe Gibbs showed up and confirmed it was a loose wheel. Gotcha, gotcha. So, okay, so Pitt Crew screws it up for him. I mean, it was appropriate because the week before, he kind of screwed it up for himself in Daytona with a speeding penalty. So, um, but with that being said, Jordan's pick, who looked like a shoe-in, falls to the back and out of contention. My pick, William Byron, finished in the top five, fourth. um, And so I got... The winning points and got a couple of points, but Jordan did get some stage points in there to uh, to help pad his lead a little bit. I'm on a roll, man. I got two weeks in a row here, so uh, I'm I'm making a move on the way back. I still got a lot of mountain climb before I get there. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, let's turn it over to you now for your pick for Kansas. Um. Well, I was I was pretty set on one person because I was kind of thinking we were going to do the flip flop of drivers. I was thinking I was gonna take 
I was definitely thinking I was going to take Willie B and you were going to take Hamlin. Um, but I did a thing. I looked at the starting lineup before um, coming on here. So I'm actually still kind of looking at it right now. Um, so as much as <laughs> – it's hard for me to do this because Kyle Larson's in second and I really want to pick him to go back-to-back. But I think I'm going to go with Martin Truex there in third. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm going to go a little bit of a different route. Um, so who won in the spring? Denny Hamlin. All right. Um, who should have won the last two weeks and got screwed or screwed himself on pit road? Denny Hamlin. All right. What car won this race last fall? The 45. And what rate, what car won this race last spring? I don't know who won it last spring. It was the 45. Kyle Busch, or Kurt oh. Busch, sorry. Kurt Busch won oh, yeah. the 45 yeah, last yeah. spring. Bubba Wallace yeah. won the 45 last fall. Uh, Denny Hamlin won in the spring in the 11. I've just got to believe that it's going to either come from 23-11 or Denny Hamlin himself. Um, I really want to pick Tyler Reddick. I feel like this is a very Tyler Reddick kind of track. But, but Tyler Reddick is, is telling me with his racing this year that he can be very, very fast. And then just blow it all away on his own. I, I feel like I'm going to regret this, but I, I'm going to stick with the 11 just because I feel like he, he really had the best chance to win the last two weeks. See, and so I, I, I don't think, it. I don't think thunder can, I'm, I'm not flip-flopping you. I'm, I'm picking no. based on what I think no, was the strongest driver the last two weeks. So I'm going with Denny Hamlin on this week. I really want to no, pick Reddick, but I, I just feel like it, He's, he's just kind of done that this year where when he should have won or when he should have finished in the top, he causes an issue of his own volition. Like, he, he doesn't well, get caught up in stuff. He causes something to to screw himself up or his team. Yeah, well, if you remember in the spring, um, William Byron was really fast until he spun himself, but he came all the way back through the field. And Larson yeah. was fast, too. Um well, so Larson was fast and spun himself out and came all the way back. And then Denny Hamlin, I don't care what they say. Denny Hamlin wrecked him, wrecked uh, Kyle Larson off of turn two. He he absolutely yeah. did. He, he turned Kyle yeah. driving in a straight line. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't just happen. So, but uh, I hate to pick Denny Hamlin because I, I really don't <laughs> care for him. But I just feel like two weeks in a row, he's the fastest car. There's no way you go to a track that Denny Hamlin is very, very good at to begin with, and he doesn't get it done. So well, that's my Bell, pick. Back-to-back, back-to-back weeks on the pole, you don't think Christopher he's Bell off? is another one that I am seeing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in that group of first four out. He's He's kind of done the same thing all year as Tyler Reddick, but worse. They've had speed. They've been competitive. They'll be very fast at the beginning of a race, and then they screw themselves out, or they do something, and then in their case, they panic, and then get worse off of whatever mistake they made. At least Tyler yeah. Reddick can kind of come back from some of the mistakes he made. The 20 car just keeps going backwards. So yeah. I, I just I don't see them making a deep run because they're going to have to make a dramatic change in that to get it to get all the way like they did last year. So, but that's uh, that's all I got for this week, Jordan. You got anything to add? No, um, just want to see how the Ravens are going to be this this year. They're starting off their season. NFL starting today, so it's going to be an NFL NASCAR kind of day for me. So, speaking of uh, football, how much did Ohio State win by last night? I didn't even see that. Uh, I think it was forty-three to yeah. seven. I'm, I was sure that it was probably something big, something like so, that. The second week of college football is usually the worst because you get a lot of uh, Penn State versus Delaware and Ohio State yeah. versus Youngstown State. Like the first week, you'll have a decent enough amount of really compelling games. Most of them still aren't, but it's like week well, two had, is even worse. Well, so well, actually, they countered that with the big game of Texas Alabama and Texas that was a good Alabama game. up and down the field. That was a good game. It, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like that actually. It really wasn't like that. Oh, it, it was, was much closer. It was much closer oh, for no. it no, was no, much no, closer no. for a majority of the game and then Texas just pulled away late. 
No, it, it seemed it, like that, but Texas dominated. Alabama that game. was Alabama was winning. What was it like halfway through the third? Like right after they mm. scored that long touchdown pass, and then they just kind of laid over. Yeah, no. So. Texas was dominating that game from start to finish. It just it didn't seem like it, but I mean, again, Alabama only plays big games either at home or in a neutral site. They don't yeah. play them. Well, on that didn't the road didn't work out ever. for them. That didn't work for out once. for them this time. That's crazy. That you know, so I I said it to Jenny. The last time Alabama lost a home game, what me and Jenny had just started dating. Kaylee mm-hmm. wasn't even a thought for seven years. That's yeah. that's absolutely crazy. So, but yeah. that was that was a good game. The uh, App State North Carolina game was really good. I, I think yeah, App, I saw that. App really almost pulled that off. They just couldn't stop the run. I mean, I don't think yeah. that North Carolina made a single pass play in the entire overtime. They they really had no business trying to pull that one off, and they almost did. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. Let's uh, we'll see how this first week of NFL goes, and we'll be back to break down Kansas and get us ready for Bristol, baby. All right, guys. Hope you guys have a good week. Have a good week. We'll catch you later. Later. Zach, settle down, dude. <laughs>